I don't even know any other way to start this besides talking about the GOAT in John Jones and his fantastic win over Surreal Gone at uh, UFC 285. And I wish like, I had like an elaborate intro, but there's really nothing that you can say. It, this wasn't like a war of a fight. This wasn't like a five-round battle. It was a one-round asshole And John Jones was handing it out to Surreal Gone, and it just looked... I don't know if Surreal just folded in the moment or if like that hand injury that you were hearing about was real, but I just don't like how people have been playing like the Monday morning quarterback with Surreal and just being like, oh, well, he was only good at kickboxing, blah, blah. Like, you weren't saying that coming into the fight, so don't say it now. But John Jones wiped the floor of them, and like the only thing that I wanted like really get off before I let you kind of like tell me, tell me your thoughts is just I think something is, needs to be said about John Jones's like fight IQ again because we mentioned it so much in the buildup, but just how he talks about knowing fighters' tendencies and like knowing their first, second, third, fourth favorite things to do on certain combinations, and judging by that sequence that led to the takedown, the way that like Jones threw that punch. And the way, like, Gon kind of turned his back to him. And, like, just how fast that John Jones got to his back, I feel like he had to know that he was going to move like that. And I just think that his study of opponents and, like, when he's really motivated, there's nobody that can really touch him right now. And I just... That's the best fighter I've ever seen. That's the only way I could put it. And I've, I've told you before, like, it was always John Jones, GSP. I always lean towards GSP. But with this, like... John Jones, no doubt, best fighter of all time. So I don't know what your thoughts were on the main event. It obviously didn't last too long. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just glad we got to see it finally happen, the return of the one and only John Jones. Uh, but now that, you know, and then how, like, anticlimactic, too, in a way. Like, I think, you know, no, I don't think anybody saw that fight ending as fast as it did. but. No. I think maybe the, I think the dominance of John Jones just straight up, you know, you can't really be all that surprised just of who it is. But um, now that we have seen it and it's you know, now we gotta we gotta have an eye towards the future. It's like, I guess we'll I wanna yeah let's just speak on like the heavyweight division as a whole and then maybe like Surreal Gone in particular, like what he what might be um you know in his future and all that but dude heavyweight man like now like you can really see how much of like now like john jones is at the top is like well like this is a I've no, i don't think this division has ever been like this you know just like just so like i don't even want to say it just feels interesting open. again because john jones is like it's new blood like, and nobody's fought well him, so. yeah because of how unprecedented the francis and Ghanu, you know leaving uh as a champion, uh, you know, came to be, and like how we'll never, we won't see the fight between him and John Jones. Can we talk about that real quick? Cause there's one thing that someone even brought up to me, like after the fight, that I thought about that kind of like rubbed me the wrong way that Francis like did, and I get why he's doing it. He's got a market, but he was like saying the thing like, oh, you know, good fight, John. Like, uh, sincerely, the heavyweight king. But I'm like, you can't be talking shit like you didn't get offered that fight, like. You know, I understand why Francis left, and we talked about it on the show, obviously, and we both supported it, and I still do, but it just, that rubs me the wrong way, like, talking crap to a guy who you had the opportunity to fight and you didn't, and I think he still does, obviously, have the claim to that throne, 
but at the same time, when you had the power to fight this guy or you're trying to slight, you didn't. And for that reason, it's just like keep his name out of your mouth. I think that's just how I feel about it. Yeah. I don't know how if you disagree because I I would understand it if you did disagree, but that's just like my opinion on it. Well, I mean, yeah, like I, it's kind of like a connection in a way because, you know, Francis and Gano and still gone. You know, in terms of the wrestling, like clearly, like there's still like a lot of you know, there's still work to be done with them. Like they're far from perfect in that department. Like you literally saw it with the fight between him, still uh, gone, and Gano too. Like it was the worst grappling match <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah, and yeah, for Gano to win it that way, like you know, it was it came very clear, and so. Like, it got, it just in a way got me thinking, like, I think, you know, we got to look at, I'm never one to question a coach. That's not what I'm doing here either. But I just had, like, the curiosity in my head, like, Fernand Lopez, like, maybe, I want to see what, how people maybe view him as opposed to Cyril Gaon. Because I saw Cyril Gaon getting, like, a bunch of, you know, like, uh, it was yeah he was he was getting pretty disrespected and like you know the hate and stuff like oh yeah all of know. a sudden he's not very good like yeah and <laughs> like, it just was... pisses me off too because it takes away from John Jones and I do want to get into the Fernand Lopez point that you're bringing up because I think it's a good one but just like back to John Jones for a second before we do like I hate how people they're not even they don't even mean to do it like how they're diminishing what he's done here like John Jones has been dominant for multiple generations at this point in MMA took off for three years and came back, fought the number one ranked heavyweight in the division and wiped the floor of them. Like, nobody thought it was going to be like that. And me and you definitely kind of favored him a bit here, but I don't think either of us thought this was going to be a first-round guillotine in, like, two minutes. No, It's just <laughs> crazy. And you're right to kind of bring up Surreal Gon's like coaching in a way because I I've seen like a little bit of it but definitely not. Well, yeah, a lot. that's the thing. Like fans just they want to wait. Like they don't, you know, they're get that they want to wait until afterwards to be so outspoken and like. Yeah, Monday morning quarterbacking is the <laughs> best thing in MMA. They they don't even realize that they do it sometimes. But yeah, that was like that wasn't that wasn't right to me seeing all of like the the slight that Cyril Gon was getting. So then that got me thinking, like, you know, with Nganu, you know, and, you know, Cyril Gan, Nganu, Fernand Lopez. I decided to type in Fernand Lopez's name in the Twitter search bar. I saw a lot of French French fans, like, yo, coming at him. Because, like, yeah, like, it makes sense. Like, they're going to be the ones to actually, like, you know, if they want to, like, call something out for one of their guys, like, you know, they'll do it. But, yeah, that, that got me, like, yeah, that wasn't really all that fair. To me, I think it's like, you know, is it like to propel, and it's not even like to propel John Jones, it's like to keep, you know, a guy like Cyril gone down, I guess, because, you know, obviously. Yeah, because it didn't even seem like they were trying to diminish what John Jones did. They were just saying that Surreal didn't deserve to be in there with him. I'm like, that's not true, because Surreal gone will mess up any other heavyweight, really, in that division, almost, I'd say. His grappling has turned into a problem, and to get to, like, the coaching thing, too, one of the things that I've thought of, and, like, you obviously brought up Francis. I think about like when Francis did train with him, like in the initial rise of his career, the thing that you always heard about Francis is that he barely wrestled. Yeah. And that was his big flaw until he went to Vegas. And like now it seems like that same thing is playing out. It's real gone. Like Fernand Lopez, I don't know much about him and I'll admit that. So take this with like a grain of salt, but we're just obviously like you said, you just brought it up cause you saw it. And 
I don't know. Like it's just from seeing those two high profile fighters that have come out of his gym and considering they both have like the exact same flaws, it's yeah. it calls it into question a little bit. And I'm not saying he doesn't know what he's doing. Like I think he's one of the better coaches in the game considering he just led two fighters to the heavyweight like crown pretty much. So it's a tough spot. Like, I don't know. And you can't, maybe it's not even his fault. Cause you got to think about it too. In France, it's not like France is this big wrestling country. So maybe that's just not his focus. And I don't know if that's really his fault in particular, but it's surreal gone has a grappling issue. And I think that that's like the main point, whether it's his fault or not, he needs to fix it. Yeah. And John Jones pretty much called that out too, for the fight, calling him the most incomplete fighter in the division. And we were talking about it too on, you know, in the preview, how much had like, how ahead, you know, mentally he is like ahead of everybody. So like, you know, you can't, you can't really be like, maybe how fast and dominant it was. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's John Joe. It's still John Joe's in the, at the end of the day, who's now a heavyweight and he's back. Awesome. But can you guess? Who John Jones's last first round finish was against? Last first round finish. Yeah, just one guess. We won't we won't hold it up too long with this, but I'm just curious to see if you could think of it and get it. Chael Sonnen. Yeah, UFC 159. I think that's like what 2013. Let's see. I'm gonna look it up. Let's see if I got that right. Look at that. April 27th, 2013. Co-main event: Michael Bisping and Alan Belcher. Roy Nelson versus Czech Congo, Phil Davis, Jim Miller. God, I miss these, miss these people. Well, not Jim Miller. Jim Miller's still gracing us with his presence. Hope he's doing all right. By the way, he had that eye thing <laughs> yeah. I heard about. But anyway, <laughs> back to no, yeah, Jones dude. and Gone. So it really just got. I really just like got thinking about the heavyweight division as a whole afterwards. Because a guy like Cyril Gone, like once again, I think it's just so important to it, and like you know just. How his style has like you know just brought that like that elevation to it and it's now like dang like he really just like got you know now it's like john jones is back and now all of a sudden it just cancels that out and now it's like man like you're still waiting on a guy like aspinall to return francis and has gone and like now we're now we're talking about you know 40 year old stipe miacic and john jones getting there now if you even want to like if you even want to put any stock into this, when John Jones, like John Jones, is obviously brimming with absolute confidence in his call out to Steve Bay. Yeah, it was like a sparring then, match for him. <laughs> yeah. Finish that so quick. And then Steve Bay, when they cut the camera to him, he's like, he's just sitting there like, oh man, like this is obviously this is gonna have to happen. Like he's calling me the great. He's still calling me the greatest heavyweight of all time. Like you can't be calling for a title like Steve Bay does, and then when the champion calls you out, you can't you can't back down. I doubt he would too. Steve is a bad motherfucker. Dude, dude. and then. It, even Cyril Gon's face right after the finish just sitting like up against off. the fence like he's like yeah like man like yeah he's this dude John Jones really is still that dude it's so crazy. I mean it was just wild just thinking it's like wow like heavyweight man like they, like disarray I would say the division and just like chaos right now it's like man it's like John it's like John Jones might like not give up this title until like he feels like it. <laughs> it is crazy to think about like i just can't i just can't believe it it's and hard to guy like cyril Khan too it's like man like dude it's like it's so hard to believe but it's like there's no way this i was like it's so hard to believe that this guy like he might get resorted to like a gatekeeper status 
it's a weird spot to be in because he's fought for the title now twice really in the past year, year and a half, and um, I yeah, <laughs> it's tough. Like I don't know who he's you so, really match him he's up just against. So like talented, it's crazy. It's like man, it's just like, gotta improve that grappling. If anything, take some time. Let the division like shake out a little bit. Yeah. Like you've already fought everybody near the top. You fought Jones now. Like he's not getting a title shot anytime soon i would imagine so maybe take some time off and really like perfect that grappling because there's plenty of people coming for john whether it be stipe probably in july you got still got curtis blades who deserves yeah, it there's He's plenty of people coming for john but it's not it's it's literally just of how who's going to be the one to actually take out john yeah I don't know. I don't know if anyone can do it. After last night, dude, man, yeah. Like, there's still questions that need to be answered. Like, this fight only lasted, like, a couple minutes. So, who knows what John Jones at heavyweight is going to look like in rounds four and five. But yeah. then at the same time, if he's murking dudes like this, what difference does it make? It doesn't matter if you can go all five, if you can finish people like that. Dude, and this is all, you know... This is all including like a low blow in the first seven seconds of the fight. Wasn't that a little anticlimactic? Like the, the hype <laughs> yeah. is there and it starts and first yeah. kick is right in the balls. <laughs> Poor John. He was dancing pretty nice though after the fight considering Dude. he got kicked in the balls a oh, couple minutes goodness. earlier. You little know. boogie. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting going. You think he got lit after his after party? He said he was trying to hug some fans and not drink. Dana was happy about that. I don't know if you saw it in the press conference and they were talking when the Schmo asked him, he's like, I will not be getting lit after <laughs> yeah, UFC absolutely. 285. Dana's like, Amen. <laughs> yeah, dude. He's 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 here to stay and then we're gonna see who's gonna be the one to I guess even come close to taking that bell off of him. You think there's a point if he beats like Steve A and maybe one or two, maybe three more people at heavyweight? He'll be probably 38, 39 at that point. Do you think there's ever a point where he just walks away, or do you think it takes him losing first? Hmm. I, man, I think it, I, just judging, literally just based off of last night, like it might just be until he, like, once again, until he just decides to, like, just, just hang it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> I get like, it, like, after a performance like yeah. that. No, that's just my wallet. But. <laughs> Yeah, that's why. That's why I. That's why I say say what I say about the division as a whole now. Because like, you know, coming even just coming into the fight, like okay, John Jones obviously never fought a heavyweight, and after three year layoff and Cyril gone, you know, is only so much so experienced like in the UFC altogether, and you know, one and one in his last two fights as well. Like you gotta take that with a grain of salt. So now and then for it to the fight to go how it did. Now it's like, oh my goodness, it's like, dude. Bones is back. Yeah, yeah. dude, this dude, John right. Jones just straight, just took the uh, the toughest division straight by the horns, and now, like, we really have to question, like, who's going to be the one. See, I, I love this, because I know, like, for you, Adesanya was, like, the main guy who really, like, helped you get into the sport yeah. a lot, but for me, I remember being in middle school, and, like, and then the high school for the rematch, like watching Jones and Cormier, and like that was kind of like what led me to get more into it. And like obviously during that span is when Connor started to rise too. Ronda Rousey was still around, so the UFC was like really starting to boom. And that like he's the reason why I watched the sport. So just to see him come back and show people, and it was awesome too seeing like all the people who had said I've never seen a John Jones fight live until now, and like now I get it, like what this dude is made of, because. I just, he's so 
great. Like, it's unbelievable. Like you think about his talent level yeah. and how he, he's wiped the floor he with like really elite is, people. He's just one step ahead of everybody. Yeah, but then even when he's not, like you got the fights like Vitor or Gustafsson when he faces that adversity, he just yeah. finds ways to win. It's just incredible. And this man hasn't lost like a real. I mean, yeah, he has the loss on his record. We talked about that last week. It's a bit of an odd one because it's not really a loss, but. I just, I don't know who beats this guy, but I, I kind of, and I'll tell you this, like, tell me what you well, think. Well, yeah, and it makes you think, too. It's like, well, I mean, obviously, you know, heavyweight, the heavy, the division as a whole, you know, the top 15 and all that, like, is, isn't where it was like it is now, but it makes you think, like, dude, like, he could have been moved up to heavyweight and probably became the champion. I, I think he definitely could have at any point. I mean, he's John Jones. Just... For me, though, I'm curious to see what you think of this, but like, I kind of disagree in the sense that I feel like for him to go away from the sport, he's going to have to like go out on that string of losses because for me, one of the things that I thought of coming into this was just how gone is like this jolly, like happy-go-lucky kind of guy, but John Jones has like that real like mean street, like warrior spirit to him, yeah. and he's just a competitor. Like That's what he is. I just feel like if he thinks that he can still do it, He's gonna do it, whether he says he is or he's not. Cause yeah, I know he's talked about hanging it up, but at the same time, I feel like uh, he's if he sees somebody, he knows that's, he can be that's like, like once again, like that's that's still the thing. It's like you really don't want another vacant heavyweight title, but if like John Jones, like he has to hang it up at some point, and if nobody is still able to beat him at a whole new division, he's and got a whole a new years. era and everything, you know. Like, there's just, it's just, yeah, there's just going to be no other choice. I mean, he's 35 now. He'll fight Stipe probably in July. You know, you give him two or three f- more fights. Like I said, he'll probably be 38 around the end of that, maybe 37. I don't know how many fights he wants. He's really been kind of just cr- Stipe and Dude, it's so loose, crazy. Like, I don't, like, man, it's, you know, heavyweight division has just always been that division. It's like any given, any given Saturday night, like that title can change hands when it's on the line. Now, now it's like, oh my goodness, like they're, man, it's going to really take a, a special somebody. Last take... thing about John Jones, and then we'll move to the co-main event. But I, I liked how um, his speed looked because Gon's fast and he's going to look fast in there against anybody. But I liked how fast he was slipping. Like he didn't look any slower to me in that little span. They were on the feet, but like even the level change and the timing of it, he he looked good. Like I didn't see anything different about him. I don't know about what you if you agree or disagree with that. No, or yeah, maybe I mean, small sample really... size, but <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah, once yeah, like you just said, it's not like there was much to really uh, you know to judge and like that anyways. And then obviously the low low two playing its part, but the second the second the serial gun the very second serial gun even slightly turned his back. It's just from On there. It. And then you know for him to get him set up against the cage like that, like you wouldn't. There was like there was it did not cross my mind for a second that at least when serial gun was sat up against the cage like there was that John Jones was gonna be able to finish it like that right then and there. It was not weird because he didn't even hand Gaon, fight it. Not that yeah, not that. You know, I thought Cyril Gaon, like, would get get back up and just get right back to a, you know, a standing battle. But, you know, I just thought from there, all right, like, man, John is really probably just going to put, you know, a lot of uh, 
a lot of damage on him here. For him to just slip the guillotine that, that smoothly and that, you know, that powerful, just like that, and get the tap, like, man, it really caught me, like, by surprise. And it's hard, it's, that's even crazy to say, call me by surprise, knowing, like, who it is that did it. But that dude, John Jones, man, just, he just keeps, he just keeps dominating the sport. Yeah, through thick and thin, honestly. He's something else. But, you know, we thought, I would say, that Valentina Shevchenko was going to be dominating for years to come. But then Alexa Grasso comes in in the co-main event and tells us, Nana, <laughs> the new champ is here. <laughs> and she looked good, like, throughout the whole fight. Yeah. Even in the beginning, she was landing shots. I don't know how you scored those early rounds. They were all pretty close. But... And once it kind of got... Oh, I think, yeah, I mean, it's clear now, but I think that was definitely the key to beating Valentina Shevchenko. Like, you have to take the fight to her, like, straight from the get-go. Gotta, you know, you gotta overwhelm her on the feet however you can, because obviously on the ground, like, you know, most of the time that's gonna, that's gonna be her game, but... Except for round four. Yeah, was, that was a bad <laughs> position. I mean, we could talk about that. That, like, that spinning back kick was one of the worst decisions we've seen in a minute by a champion yeah, dude and then it's crazy too that's not like alexa grosso was just you know it's not like she had every round won clearly and decisively just like that like it was a close fight and then that first round once again like was you know very convincing on alexa grosso's end but oh my goodness like i mean I think with Valentino, like, I think she realized, like, all right, she's going to have to fight the boring fight. Like, you know, she's going to have to get Alexa on the ground, stay on her, and then, you know, that's it. Like, just yeah. at this point, like, by any means necessary. But, oh, my goodness, like, yeah, like you just said, like, I don't know what it, I don't know what it was that, you know, prompted her to to go for that. But, I, yeah, Alexa Grosso just straight. Shocked the world. Shocked the world. I love it, though. I love upsets like that in MMA. Busted a lot of partners, yeah, that's dude. for sure. Oh Got a couple God. messages about Valentina. Mexican Mexican mixed martial arts is taking over. Yeah, we need a UFC event in Mexico City with those three champs, like Pronto. So let's get to it. Let's get to it. <laughs> but I, there's, I don't know how much we can really talk about the fight itself just because, oh, well, I think there is like things to talk about, but at the same time, my main takeaway from it is just this question: is like, is are the rumors of like Valentina seeming to be on the decline? Like, do you think there's anything to that, or do you think that Alexa Grasso is just that girl? Uh, that's a really good question, actually. Because I mean, not no one clearly nobody was. I think a lot of people were actually overlooking Alexa Grasso. And, you know, just straight looking, like, you know, to future contenders and all that. Because I think, you know, everyone was in agreement that Valentino Shevchenko was just going to, you know, win with ease. And then, and then maybe even not with ease, just win one way or another. And then... Chael Sonnen said before the fight on Ariel's show that Val, he goes, Valentino Shevchenko is fighting this weekend, and I do not know who her opponent is. And I do not mean that to be funny. Like, that's what he said. Like, I love the way he just delivers it. And I do not mean to be funny. <laughs> but then he said he's like, he doesn't have a black belt, and <laughs> I don't know who she is. <laughs> Dude, it really is, like, interesting. Because you just brought up that, you brought up that episode of the MMA Hour, that 
funny enough, Valentino Shevchenko was on too. And then you were asking her about lakes. <laughs> <laughs> She's talking to us like we're in kindergarten. <laughs> that Chael interview was top tier. I oh enjoyed, yeah, enjoyed that, that so much. I want to see more of it. Yeah, man, but we need that. In her interview, she's talking about, like, obviously, given the right, you know, answer that championship, like, you know, not over, because Ariel was asking her about, like, pretty, even Ariel was, like, asking beyond Alexa Grosso. It was like, all right, because, you know, not looking past Alexa Grosso, like, you know, focus on this here, this fight, this Saturday, this Saturday right now. And it made you, like, it's even, it's like now after it, it happened the way that it did, it makes you even like think it's like was was she even like because I you know Valentina has she has that edge to her too or like you know because she was had some things to say about Alexa Grasso herself too like you know just you know Alexa Grasso just putting the confidence out there obviously that she should have and then Valentina was just like obviously like she's like know, I know her fears yeah, so. yeah like, <laughs> scares me dude the shit that she says like she's not really a shit talker but. When she like just drops those little lines again, yeah, like, like, yeah, she the, might be just psychotic. Just has that, yeah, that champion's edge to her. Yeah, she's like John Jones in that way. She has like the mean streak and that competitive nature. Except John Jones, he kind of leans into it a little more than Valentina does. But Valentina wants to win, dude. Like she, she's competitive. She's as competitive, ah, as competitive as dude. it gets. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I said this to you before the pod, but like <laughs> yeah. staying up until like one thirty in the morning, two o'clock yeah. for the post fight show and stuff like that. I'm out of it <laughs> but Dude, it was yeah, worth it. it makes you it makes you think like maybe even valentina like over overlooked alexa grasso and i mean had, like I once know. again going back to that first round like you could say like it was the most evident in that first round because dude, alexa grasso like he really took it to her in that uh early on in that fight and it looked for a second like whoa like she could put this away like any second because if it does go to the scorecards then it's a pretty good chance that it's gonna go to Valentino, but I always I think this though I was saying this with uh, the people I was watching yes with yesterday, but I I feel like MMA versus boxers on the feet in or MMA Muay Thai versus boxing yeah. in like MMA is kind of like the striking version of wrestling versus jujitsu because Muay Thai is good in its ways, but it's kind of like. Front to back, well, yeah, front to back. Coming, Boxing, you're yeah. moving around. There's, like, more footwork involved with it, and that sometimes can be better. Even if, like, Valentina is the more technical striker, like you were kind of saying, sometimes when you're pressing the action and coming at her from, like, different angles, that can, like, confuse people. And I don't know if it confused her, but I just think that the speed and just the angle she was coming in at, just I don't know what the deal was. Just Valentina didn't really deal with it well in round one. And from there, she seemed like she just wanted to take it to the ground. So... It, it it was interesting. Oh my god! And then it and then it still went to the ground, but in Alexa Grasso's favor. Like who the hell saw a rear naked? I would love to know the odds on Alexa Grasso's submission finish. Definitely low, but I will will say this: that like doesn't happen nine times out of ten. Like that's why I said that spinning back kick that she threw was like the biggest mistake yeah, that she made because yeah, if she didn't exactly, throw that, that wouldn't have yeah. happened. She landed in a horrible position. So yeah, and like, that so that raises the question again that you asked: like, was is Alexa Grasso actually the one? You know, like truly, like you know, the one that you know should have beaten Shevchenko. And now she's going to be the new dominant women's flyweight champion, or 
was it just not Valentina's night? Well, I'll give you a peek into my psyche a little bit. The reason why I asked you is because I have no idea. And I was just curious to see what your opinion of it was. I think we need to see the rematch in order to figure that out. And it seems like that's yeah, what's coming dude. next. Oh, my goodness. That absolutely, absolutely just shook up the division. Put and it in Mexico City. Yeah. I and mean, Brandon Moreno. Like, come pretty, on. I mean, you know, to talk to bring a, to raise uh, another uh, flyweight contender who you're obviously you know who were obviously giving her shine and talking about not too long ago and Aaron Blanchfield like I think for her like you know now like obviously like her opportunity has to probably get put on hold for a little longer but I think like her watching that she was probably like pretty encouraged like you know like, or she was like. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm not getting the title yeah. until like, December. <laughs> probably, like, yeah, like hoping like Alexa Grasso's the one that she can face for it. But you know, she definitely, she obviously wanted to be the one to to take the title off of Valentina, and that obviously you know hasn't didn't happen. So I'll say that she's probably licking her chops at either at this point because now she just saw what Alexa Grasso yeah, dude, did. Once again, I don't know. It comes. It just raises the question again. Like you know. Maybe it just wasn't Valentina's night. And now, like, okay, yeah, like, let's see the rematch. I'm, yeah, let's definitely see the rematch. Yeah, and we'll see how long it takes. I think if Blanchfield does want to take a fight in the meantime, though, we could rebook that Santos fight and yeah. things are back tip top yeah. shape. Yeah. We got a number one contender fight, Dude, a big yeah. one. I'd be yeah. excited for that. Man, yeah, Williams Flyway has to be one of the most, just, uh, yeah, definitely one of the most exciting divisions right now. Who would have thought? Like, <laughs> who would have thought that years ago? But, I don't know, that was a great fight. I think we do have to wait for that rematch. But one fight that, um, it, I don't, the fight itself was incredible. It was razor close pretty much until the end. Um, Shavkat Rachmanov defeats Jeff Neal yeah. by rear naked choke. Almost at like the very end of the fight, extending probably the craziest streak that I've seen in MMA, which is a 17 fight finish streak. Not winning streak. Well, it is a winning streak, but finish streak. Yeah. 17 and 0, Shavkat Rachmanov beats Jeff Neal, who missed weight by like four pounds, which is unfortunate. And uh, they put on the fight of the night. Just what did you think of Shavkat in that performance? Because that was a big stage for him, and I thought he pretty much delivered, even though it was obviously closer than people were expecting. Oh yeah, it's awesome, dude. Like people are, I even you know I think I think people were already paying attention. Like you truly, you know, um, you know, or you know, at least for the welterweight division, you truly are like keeping tabs on this division and stuff. Like you knew, like. Uh, Shavkat Rachmanov was a guy that you know you gotta watch out for, and like can you know one of these days he's gonna be you know uh, he's he's probably gonna be competing for that belt at least like one of these top five these top these guys in the top five, and you know now it's as clear as day like Dana White's now talking about a fight with Colby Covington. Yeah, like, I don't think that's happening. Though. Yeah, and I think Dana least, even said that. Yeah, at least, but the principle at least it's yeah, like all right, now easier. he's yeah, he's here. He's talking. You know, we're putting his name. You know, even with you know names like Colby Covington. So super encouraging. Like it's awesome. This guy is an absolute machine. He deserves the recognition and the shine. And yeah, man. How many it's, fights away from the title do you think he is? Because the well, welterweight division is a little long. Yeah, job. it's. Yeah, especially, you know, yeah. Mm, man, I guess it just depends on who you give him, pretty much. And, 
you know, obviously, too, having to wait till for the Leon Edwards and Usman trilogy to happen. Um, but, yeah, dude, like, I, I hope not long because, you know, now, like, once again, like, he's dead. And then, obviously, this fight being put on the main card, rightfully so, like, He's yeah. He's Main got card Chavkat. Yeah. <laughs> he's got he's got the eyeballs now and the attention that he deserves. So I hope not long. So definitely not long. Yeah, man. I you know what's one fight that I kind of thought of. I want to say it was this morning, and um, it's definitely not gonna happen. I don't think, but I would love to see it. Him versus Wonder Boy. Because Wonderboy is definitely not as good of a grappler as Shavkat, but I'd like to see how Shavkat would have to deal with that range. Because if Jeff Neal was tuning him up a tiny bit, points on the feet, yeah. imagine what a guy like Wonderboy could do on and the Rock feet. And Rockman, he's just like he's just naturally one of these guys. It's like it's just hard to book because just nobody nobody wants to fight him. Nobody wants to put their number on the line against him. And yeah. you know. Especially for him to still get the the submission finish against the guy who came in overweight, like yeah, dude. He, he really jumped did. on his back so quick at the end there. That was incredible. Ab- yeah, absolutely the real deal. And he got a picture with Laura Sanko after. I yeah. thought that was good. Good for him. Yeah. Happy for him. <laughs> That's amazing. Obviously, dude. Me and Jim have the one picture yeah. with Laura Sanko. It's a it's a quality picture. I enjoyed that. That was Jim's first weekend of knowing who she yeah, was. Yeah, what's too. the name? What's the name of that that the fur hat? I don't know. That? Is there? Let me. I don't even know. I love how he. What would I look up? Just has one fur. <laughs> uh, fur. I'm gonna look up Shavkat fur hat. <laughs> We're gonna see what he just, comes yeah, up. Yeah, I love how he just has one for everybody. Here it is, the origins. Finally, all right, perfect. Thank you, MMA fighting. It's a wolf skin. Wolf skin. That's pretty. That's pretty badass. Let's see. Yeah, this dude's a killer. It is, it's a traditional Kazakh headdress that our ancestors used to wear during the winter times to keep themselves warm. Myself, I feel like it's a very beautiful headdress and wearing it. I get to represent my roots, represent my culture and, and tradition. Traditionally, this headdress is usually made out of wolf or fox skin. That's interesting. I like that. I like a little, like origin stories yeah, like yeah. that yeah did not know wolfskin and he's from kazakhstan he probably hates borat <laughs> I, i've heard that like people from kazakhstan aren't big fans of borat oh, and i, I understand it yeah yeah i mean his sister was the number six prostitute in the, <laughs> in the city oh man shout out to borat but we'll uh We'll move on to the next fight before we offend a whole nation. Um, we'll talk about uh, Mateusz Gamrat winning by split decision over Jalen Turner. First thing that I want to talk about, I didn't think that this needed to be a split decision. I was Me pretty neither. certain on wow, this Wow, I'm glad we actually agree on that because I, you know, I wasn't sure what your, uh, how you, what your opinion was going to be on it, but I was pretty adamant on like coming here and saying like, I would have given Gamrot the unanimous decision. Yeah. Just based off control time alone. Yeah, like, Turner did well throughout the whole fight, but it was, like, one of those fights where Turner did good, but Gamrot won every round. Yeah. Like, or you yeah. could argue maybe two out of the three, but I thought the 30-27 wasn't even that unfair. Well, and that, you know, that's that's the thing, too, because now we can go back to our, you know, which I, I actually, I honestly just like think is ridiculous now, the whole damage versus control time thing. Because now, like, 
it, like it actually is pretty thought provoking about how like just the damage factor in general it's like how do you even really quantify damage you know like, yeah that's no... dominic cruz's commentary gives With some control good insight time, on like, it control time there's literally like it literally speaks for itself like yeah well, the way yeah. cruz would talk about it he would say like if someone gets a big cut for example that's like when he'll usually pipe up and say like oh well you know that's a big deal even if it's not in like a bad spot or it, like it was a grazing shot that caused it now the judges see that and they're like okay he hurt him with that even if it wasn't like a crazy shot yeah but i don't even yeah. know the stats for this fight are close and as turner well. had the knockdown too which is like you know I, and then that's another thing that's super clear obviously when it comes to damage but like other than that it's like you know them just, all it is, is, down sig- on yeah, all it is is significant strikes you can really base it off of. Yeah, I mean, I'll read you the stats and you can tell me what you think of this. So round one, uh, Jalen Turner outlanded him uh, 12 to 9, but obviously Gamrot also had two and a half minutes of control time, two for two for takedowns. Round two, Jalen Turner outstruck Gamrot 18 to 13, so outstruck him in yeah. two of the three rounds, but then also minute 35 of control for uh, Gamrot. And if you're not counting like significant strikes, you're just going by total strikes. He outlanded him sixty to nineteen, so that's a big, big difference. Even though Jalen Turner outlanded him in the significant strikes, but then in the last round, Turner outlanded him in significant strikes and total strikes by a um, thin margin. But Gamrot also had two minutes and fifty-one seconds of control time. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird I, fight, man. I get and I get it too because it's like obviously nobody, you know, no one wants to see like. The guy laying on another dude and say like, it's all it's all about the you know Pause. you know yeah, exactly like <laughs> oh you know Gamrot's boring or something like that it was a boring fight because of Gamrot like sure fair but you still have to base it off of what like you know at least with the judges obviously you know you have to base it off of what is you know what is you're seeing right in front of you and that's what happened Gamrot dominated the whole fight in terms of. Uh, control time and you know didn't get obviously didn't get completely outclassed you know he was getting like outstruck by the numbers but it wasn't by a far enough margin that it really like i get yeah so like yeah once again i get the sentiment but that doesn't mean that like you know you have to like it sometimes sometimes the judging just comes off just so like emotional and it's like you can't like you can't you can't be in the judge's seat and then you know have like your own like feeling and stuff like take over how you're gonna decide a fight i will say this too though when you look at it strictly from the statistical standpoint and you see that gamma had six minutes and 52 seconds of control time so we'll just go seven minutes for argument's sake yeah that's almost half of the fight yeah which is a big deal whether people like it or not and yet you know me and you i think are proponents of like how damage does matter but in this sense it wasn't like enough to really matter that much and when like i said yeah, you look at the numbers other than the one knockdown that jalen turner got exactly and that's probably the round that the one i think it was one judge gave him 29 28 that's the one that i agreed with yeah i mean yeah sometimes it really it really yeah it's like like you like you get it in the way like once again like you get like where the judges' heads are at and all that, but it's also like 
still like you might you need have to be drug to. tested exactly. <laughs> at the same time sometimes it comes off as like dude do these judges have their own money on these fights do you think that you saw the drug test judge judges <laughs> they, should, they really should start i mean i think that would be fair but they should like test them for normal like street narcotics yeah, not like PDs. Yeah, dude. <laughs> put these put these judges in the usada pool and we'll see how many of them pull out we'll see if chris lee gets like a usada jacket 50, <laughs> 50 clean tests <laughs> But I don't even know where to go from there. But so we'll just move on to the next fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's just talk a little bit about Bo Nickel, dude. How about that? He put on a show in that fight. And I made some money off him, dude, last minute. I bet that Bo Nickel first round submission no. money. Cha-ching. <laughs> and Bo Nickel won me that. I was hyped. But uh, just back to the technical side of it, though. Man, actually... Before we do get into the fight, I guess technically and how just good Bo is, what did you think of that low blow stuff that Jamie Pickett was talking about? Did you do you well, take any stock into that? I mean, I thought it was pretty clear that the low blow like was there and the fight should have been paused. You know, not to say that the result would have been any different, but you know, and then also too like how I kind of I guess was perceiving like you know I think you know Bo Bo Nichols he's gonna that wrestling is gonna come in full form. But it's going to come, like, throughout the, the length of the fight. And, you know, I feel like that this, with this, with this time, like, with that low bro happening, it's, like, there. It's, like, right there, obviously right there in the judge, I mean, the uh, referee not uh, pausing the fight. Like, right there is where the opening came. And it does raise, like, question. It's, like, well, um, you know, you can't, like, we'll just never know. It's, like, you can't, you can't, like, definitively, like, say, like, obviously, you know, with like some crystal ball or whatever like oh this is how it's gonna go and all that like you know it's clear what we saw was the low blow happened and then from there that's where the opening came from Bo and he got him down and then Jamie Pickett just he kept fight like credit to Jamie Pickett like still kept giving the effort and all that um I think with that arm but, triangle though at the end it was like Bo Nickel because when I was watching it people were kind of explaining like he didn't he wasn't taking his leg out, and it wasn't really that he wasn't doing it. He wasn't, like, trying to. Like, he wasn't doing the technical thing to get the finish at first, and then he kind of just got it the last second and tapped him, like, pressure. But he still didn't have it, I would say, like, fully. It was more just the way uh, Pickett kind of turned. It was a weird finish, but at the same time, I think, as you kind of, like, alluded to before, the result... I'm not sure if that would have changed. I think Bo Nickel, given a few tries, would have gotten him to the ground. I think Bo yeah. Nickel, with a few tries, gets pretty much anybody at 185 to the ground just because of how good of a wrestler he is. You know, he's 4-0. That's the other thing, too. Like, people want to overanalyze it because he's this, like, super hyped-up prospect, which I he completely deserves. But at the same time, we got to realize that we're dealing with a guy who's had four pro fights, and yeah, he has all this wrestling experience, but in terms of MMA experience, he needs a little bit more. He trains at ATT, so he'll get more of that. He's training with high-level guys, but I was impressed by him, so. Yeah, me too, me too, me too. But, you, like, you can't, I think, it was just weird how, because oh, I feel like, honestly, like, it was just clear enough that, like, you can't ignore it. Like, it happened, and, he, like, the knee went to the, went to the, uh, to the crotch. And, yeah, it's just unfortunate. Yeah. I don't really know what you do with it. Hopefully it doesn't get overturned, like, a no contest. That'd be kind of 
I don't know. I wouldn't like that. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. No, I don't think that would be fair. But yeah, it was there, and it was just weird for the ref not to stop the fight. Yeah. He he was pulling that James Krause money on uh, on Bo Nickel. (laughs) (laughs) So. Well, that's the main card, obviously. Uh, a bunch of fun fights. You know, we just talked about Bo Nickel really gave a good performance. Shavkat gave a nice performance. The co-main event, one of the craziest upsets already of this year. And then John Jones proving why he's the GOAT. But then the prelims were stacked, too. There were so many good fights. Um, Cody Nolove came back and got a win. I We were talking about this a little bit before the pod, but I wasn't, like, too blown away by it. I still don't love his chances against guys that are in like the top 20 at 135 but it's i think you seem to feel like the same way but we didn't really get too much into it i don't know if you have anything else to add yeah no i I definitely yeah i definitely feel the same way too i think it's just it's just yeah as we're just past that point with cody garbrandt you know still obviously uh you know one of these top one of the top one of the top banners in the vision stuff but it's just it's just kind of also just like New day and age too, and then obviously like, um, you know this being his first fight in like over a year, like so there's clearly things that got like, that got shown and maybe even exposed about him. Has but, it been more than a year? Yeah, that's last, crazy. When did he fight year, Kai? That's gonna. Yeah, fall. no, at the end of twenty one. Really? That's yeah. nuts. He didn't fight last year. He had one bout scheduled and it got. I forget who it was with, but he had one bout scheduled last year and it got canceled. Wow. Time flies, man. And that's then crazy. the fight with Arce too this year. Yeah, got that's crazy. Called off. Yeah, and Ronnie Ronnie Aya was the other one you were talking about. He got booked in that fight twice and it got canceled. Yeah, yeah conference was the end of twenty one. That's nuts, man. It feels like it was sooner than that. Yeah, we're just past that point with Cody Garbrandt. It's crazy. I think it also speaks to how like just how deep and talented and how fast bantamweight moves um the fact that a guy who's 13 and 9 took a the former champion to like the distance and didn't do horrible was that was pretty impressive good for trevin jones honestly just to put up a good showing against cody because that's gotta be pretty cool you got sahuro back too oh dude i've had enough already and he hasn't even been back he didn't (laughs) even come back yet I keep seeing all these like the all these videos due to him and Aljo with these stupid staged confrontations. Like neither of these guys help themselves. I hope they know that. Yeah. And I like Aljo yeah, and Sahuda's fighters. The classic, you know. Oh, I'm talking about Aljo too though. I mean, he's not getting a pass on this dude. Cause Aljo's just as cringy with it nowadays with some of the things uh, he does. And I, I respect that he's leaning into it because he knows that people hate him. But Henry Cejudo, I think, genuinely believes that he's like Chael Sonnen level of a promoter. But no, because not many people are enjoying it. I know I'm not. Uh, Did you see their little scuff not scuffle, but argument after uh, the UFC 285 was in like the uh, hall? Yeah, they were talking shit to each other and they were getting separated by security. It was, uh, it was bad, man. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. But things like that happen in this sport, and it's for promo, and I understand it. But at the same time... Oh, yeah, time, now Figueredo is in Division Two. Like, sheesh. God, yeah, they, man. They just keep... Where's he, yeah, what's he going to be doing? Yeah, good question. Like, where do you start him off at 135? <laughs> <laughs> you give him, like, a top five, <laughs> top ten. I, I just don't know what to do with... They, that division's crazy. I, I just don't understand how, like... It used to be lightweight, and now like these guys at 135 are just—they're proving why they're the guys now. Yeah, 
Lightweight's pretty fun too still. But we're going to talk about middleweight next because Dreykus Duplessis had a crazy fight with Derek Brunson. This is one of the ones that I kind of wanted to get into a little bit. Because Derek Brunson's lack of cardio kind of came back to haunt him in this one. I feel like I haven't seen that yeah. come back to him in a while. But he started off so strong with the wrestling. But then round two, it seemed like midway through, he just ran yeah. the gas completely. Yeah, it's it seemed like, you know, Duplessis just kind of like, you know, was expecting everything that Derek Brunson was going to give to him. And he had to answer for it every single time. And yeah, yeah the striking too from Duplessis just overwhelmed. Derek Brunson. I like this corner throwing in the towel. Yeah, like, I mean it was clear. Like Derek, he was he was done. Like they had that was they had to do it. Some corners, I feel some corners just are too like stubborn and stuff. That's what I'm saying. It. This needs to happen more in MMA. <laughs> like when a dude's done, he's done. You know. Yeah. We don't need this guy to fall out of the stool. Yeah, you gotta know your fighter. Like you have a whole entire training camp with them. Yeah, this so. guy's got a family. Like, yeah. <laughs> we don't want Blonde Brunson exactly. getting messed yeah, up. Yeah, person on a personal level too. You know. I'm a big fan of Bronson. I like him a lot. It sucks that he lost. I like the, the pose that he's always doing to show off the... Uh... God, I'm so, I'm so tired. I can't think. But you know, <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'll probably put in a picture just to show like show the people exactly the pose that I'm talking about. Because he is well known for it. Yeah. So, um, more prelims, more prelims. Uh, flyweight fight I was thinking about. Amanda Hivas looked pretty good against Vivian Araujo. I, I wasn't expecting that to go as well for her. but Dude, she's on a roll. She's yeah, on a roll. And it's only a matter of time before she gets someone in this top five. And then, you know, we'll see if she can really threaten Zhang Weili for the title. But You mean um, Zhang Weili? Uh, Grasso now. Or what? Oh, no, what was, no, this is 125. Well, this was one point. Oh, yeah. Because okay. I, I was thinking to myself, because Hebus wasn't straw yeah. weight. But yeah, no, this is one point. Lo- okay, that makes sense. I was looking at her straw weight ranking. Yeah, I, I don't even know. Nine, so. She still ranked at straw weight? I remember, obviously remember the UFC rankings just did not want to yeah. come up when I pulled yeah, it up. Yeah, those would be so. really useful right now. But. Yeah, so for you guys, I'm just going to pull a chail. I tried to access the UFC rankings, but I don't know how to access them, so therefore they don't exist. <laughs> you ever heard him say that? It's like one of my favorite ongoing jokes that he said. Dude, he I says, I, I know there are rankings, but I do not know where to find them. There's a channel quotable for everything. Yeah, man. We I appreciate him. that. He's the best. I wish there was a guy like him still fighting. I guess it's Colby, if anything. That's like the closest thing. Or Connor. But none of those guys would exist without Uncle Chael. But the last fight that I really wanted to talk about um, on this on the prelims was Ian Gary, man, versus Song Kanan. Oh, yeah. And I'll say this, I've been definitely critical of him at times on this channel, but he impressed me in this one a lot, especially coming back from that knockdown in the first round, just to overcome that and then finish him just as brutally as he did with that combination. So fast. I, I was impressed. Yeah. What did you think? Yeah, I, don't, I, get where you're, I get where you're coming from, but... For me, it's like, you know, because of the knockdown, because of how, like, you know, things, uh, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say, like, not bleak, obviously. But it got like, a little hairy, I yeah, think that's what you're trying to say. Because of that, like, I just felt like this is once another, like, you know, no, like, not to say, like, a layup or anything. Like, Kanan's song is a very sound fighter, but this is just another fight for Ian Gary, like, set up for him to, you know, okay, go put on a show for everybody. Give everybody that feel good feel this you know guy around this like this brash you know 
Kentucky guy to rally around. At least he didn't copy Connor verbatim this time. I, I respect <laughs> that he's evolving as he Other goes on. Other than the Billy Strutt at the end. I, I can respect that, though. <laughs> Billy Strutt is awesome. There's a lot of people in a lot of sports who have pulled that off. But, yeah, like, just, like, it really, like, even just coming in, like, all right, there's another, there's another fight for Ian Gary, another showcase fight for Ian Gary to just display, like, for the UFC to just keep, you know, pushing and, like, make him, keep making him one of the faces, up-and-coming faces of the company, and so, yeah, I just came off this another fight, like, you know, that, you know, I think it was pretty clear he was gonna, he was gonna win convincingly, convincingly in, and then that first round, it's just, you know, kind of just, like, raised questions. It's like, was he even, is he even, like, ready for this fight? Is he, like, is he overlooking Kanan Song or whatever? But, um, yeah, like, fair play to him. Another very, like, once again, like, he still got the job done in convincing fashion. That's how you got to do it. And still, still got to see more. Still got to see more. I'm not 100% sold. I'll say this, though, in his defense, and you know this is, like, True coming from me, considering like I didn't like him at first, so for yeah. me to give him some praise, like he yeah. did some good. I think that part of him getting clipped though too was just an overconfidence in a way, because he was landing pretty well before it, and yeah, he just seemed sense. to be like over aggressive, and then he got caught coming in. So like, what I'm trying to say is, I don't know if that was really a lack of skill rather than like a lack of discipline in that particular scenario, but I agree with you. Like, I don't think he's gonna be fighting for the title anytime soon, <laughs> so hopefully they just keep giving but, him yeah, the next but you step. Yeah, you know up. UFC definitely wants him to one day. So yeah, John Anik was like, maybe we will see a top fifteen <laughs> opponent in his future. I'm like, yeah, maybe <laughs> hopefully not in the near future, but uh, yeah, give him yeah. maybe another fight and yeah, see where he see where he goes. Welterweight's deep. You you can find someone to get him. So with that though, I don't know if there was any other prelims that you wanted to bring up before I get into the last thing I want to talk no, about. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Well, Great I guess card, of course, once yeah. again, with a lot of you know surprises, definitely, obviously, for um, sure, and just yeah, exciting finishes, exhilarating finishes, and all that good build. And yeah. well, let's talk about exhilarating finishes because it is March fifth, the day we record this. We are six days away from March eleventh, the Boxing debut of the main <laughs> card. Tiz, yep. how you feeling, man? It's fight week. Yeah, well, here we yeah we're finally we're finally here. I still feel just as a just as confident and ready to go as I have been throughout this entire camp. With you know even with the moving parts and all that that have uh, come along the way, <laughs> you know this fight we're now gonna be fighting at one forty five a new opponent. Um and yeah still just uh you know gotta put my head down and just um yeah just keep working and um. Yeah, just uh, super excited. Can't wait for it already. We're already here, so yeah, it is crazy too how like time flies as well. But definitely, like feel way more prepared than I did on day one. So yeah, it's cool. I was hyped too when we were doing um the sprints the other day in the parking lot because we I remember we had the goal in the beginning to have those long thirty second sprints and then like you know now we're getting towards the fight. And we hit that, so we're you're peaking at like the perfect time, and I think that that's awesome. And I think your opponent is he's in for it, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just uh, and then yeah, just still um getting the cardio to come around to. Um, I'm gonna like right after this act, right after this actually, I'm gonna go for a run 
today, uh, run tonight, you know, down from my house, which is a little right over here by here, and then down to the dead end, so. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. A yeah. lot of people don't know what, what you're talking about, but I know. I know. Yeah, that yeah. It is a long run for I those wanna, people who have no idea. Yeah, <laughs> just want to keep myself, keep myself active and keep myself, you know, just keep the, the, the eye on the prize, pretty much, so. Yeah, man, I'm... I'm excited for uh for your debut, man. I think it's gonna be a show. You already got some people talking about coming out. Hopefully, we get even more in the next week. Um, obviously, but this is today when we record this. It's Sunday, but you guys usually see the pods on Tuesday. And if things go according to plan, uh, main Cartes episode two is gonna be released on Wednesday. Not gonna be as long as the first video. It's just like a couple short things, more of like a check in type of episode. And then after the fight. Be ready for main card to his episode three, the finale, and let's hope our guy gets it done next weekend. He and will. He will. <laughs> Hell he will yeah, get man. it done. So don't worry about that. Um, it's gonna be yeah. fun to talk about it too next week. Hell, oh yeah, I know, right? Isn't that crazy? Hell, like you know, this is the last, the last uh, podcast before it. It's pretty awesome. So hell yeah, yeah man can't wait to chat about it i'm excited let's hold up those shorts real quick for the crew for oh, the yeah, people man. watching it's still at the end jimmy jimmy gave y'all the the little taste last on the power slap episode look at that main card a little is. more in-depth look at the design and all of that it's pretty Again, sweet you know obviously on the the trim with the main card is and the logo logo on the back end as well so yeah appreciate you and jimmy once again for coming yeah. through with this Pretty how many cool. people are coming into the fights nice with trip. custom trunks yeah i know right no that's uh yeah that's a main card that's the main card says special right there hell yeah man yeah. and he's gonna be opening up the main card uh for those who don't know so if you guys are coming out you guys will watch the main card start off with a bang and uh yeah i, I don't know if you have any parting message for the people before we go um, yeah, no, we pre we just talked about it all and all that. As far as my fight goes and all that, March 11th, mark it down. I got somebody to knock out, and uh, yeah, that's that. Actually, there was a, <laughs> there was a, one thought. I thought the judging and the Usada conversation was hilarious. There was one. There's one guy that you know you probably can't test. They definitely can't test. That's Mr. Douglas Cross. I, yeah. I knew that was coming. He's you know what's funny, dude? Oh, my God. So we talked about the getting the whole story in that one podcast a while back. And when Ariel was interviewing Chael, did you catch the little the Doug, the Doug talk? He says uh, they were talking about something about MMA Wait, judging. are you talking about the one that Chael Sonnen was in studio for? Yes. No, wait. Yeah, it was, like, very quick. Like, he Ariel mentioned something about – they were talking about something with judging – and then um, Ariel said, he, he goes, how are you with Douglas? And then he goes, he won't talk to me. I was like, dude, <laughs> getting the whole drama. For those of you guys who don't know what getting the whole is, just look that up on YouTube and watch Chael Sonnen tell one of the most yeah, interesting dude. stories what in MMA history. Or watch our podcast describing it. Yeah. I'll put that in, like, uh, a, in the description polar, or something. What a polarizing figure. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, there's only... There's only one Chael Sonnen, that's for sure. <laughs> He's the greatest. Of, they don't call you the greatest of all time. They call you Chael P. <laughs> <laughs> I 